0: You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, we got a fun CarCast episode for you today. We'll welcome back our good buddy Alistair Weaver from Edmunds.com. And we're going to talk about uh, all sorts of uh, coronavirus uh, things, just like cleaning your car and relief for payments and leases and things like that. And then we'll touch a little bit on the Lamborghini Huracan Evo and the Porsche 911 Turbo S so some fun stuff in there as well. Before we get started, let me tell you a little bit about GEICO. Do you own your home? Maybe you rent your home? Eh, Either way, it could be a lot of hard work, but you know what's easy, bundling policies with GEICO. Just go to geico.com and you can bundle your homeowners and renters insurance along with your auto policy. And it's a good thing because you already have so much to do around your home already. So just go to geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit geico.com today. That's geico.com. Hey guys, welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the motorator, T- andrea and uh, Uh, A little bit of a scheduling and technology thing going on over here. So, uh, unfortunately, uh, another week without uh, our buddy Bill Goldberg. But uh, we'll get him back soon and have plenty to talk about. Um, However... Uh, always excited to have our friend Alistair Weaver from Edmonds.com back with us, this time via video chat instead of in the studio. We're trying to keep things clean, as you guys know. Um, thanks for sticking with us. I know the audio may be a little off. You're going to hear some noise outside, especially on my end. There's all kinds of construction going on, but, uh, but we're going to try to have, make this fun and, and offer some good advice and some stuff we came up with for you guys today. Uh, uh, of course, uh, shout out to our friends at Dodge with Dodge Power Dollars. For every horsepower of your new Dodge vehicle purchase, you'll get $10 off. So peeling out in a 2019 Dodge Charger RT scat pack, no problem. You just got $4,580 off. Um, Alistair, so there's some, uh, there's some fun stuff going on for sure. Uh, I spent the weekend um, social distancing myself in the new Lamborghini Huracan Evo Spider,
1: very interesting, uh, the feelings of the time,
0: <laughs> right? So, uh, uh, first of all, uh, it, it's it's a fantastic machine, and and I know you you have some input on the uh, the Porsche 911s. Maybe you have a story or, or or a film coming out about that soon. Let us know a little bit about that. But uh, uh, but uh, Lamborghini, man, fun car. I don't know that uh, I like it. It's not. It's great and I love it. I don't know that it's as intense as, let's say, the McLaren, uh, especially the 720S. Um, I don't know if it really competes with the 720S, but, you know, the, the Evo, the convertible that I got was like, stickered at like 270000 or something, 275000 but it had like $90,000 of options. So now you're $363,000, I think it was and uh now i guess you're that kind of feels like 720 s money
1: yeah it's certainly above a above a 570 and even the even the gt it's what's the, a
0: 670 what's a 675
1: uh, oh um uh, well that's a limited edition isn't it i'm trying to remember, well especially just yeah. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. I'll have to look that one up, Matt.
0: Yeah, I guess if the price doesn't really matter when you're shopping <laughs> around for
1: vehicles, two fifty. I think it's a, I think it's in the in in the range of two fifty for the uh, six six seventy. I think that's me. That's me binging. That's me getting emails. This is not. This is not going well, is it? Hang on. <laughs> Please, gonna turn that lot off. All right, he's going to turn that down. But um, my, uh, again, my emails. All you'll hear is bings for the next hour.
0: Uh, anyway, it was, it was super fun to drive. First of all, they sent over a, a beautiful color combination, this, this wonderful uh, metallic blue. It had the black Alcantara interior, but with some red accents and red stitching. Um, just fantastic. Big red calipers on it, carbon ceramic uh, brakes. Um, and it's basically got the engine out of the Performante, which is a car that we both drove, right? Like we both drove the Performante Spider, the white one?
1: Yeah, and I've driven the um, I've driven the I've driven the early Hurricane, then the Performante, then the Spiders, and then the, with with the, the Evo coming along as well. And I think the original Hurricane they decided to build a car for posers. And if, I remember sitting down for dinner in uh, Romania, of all places, on the, <laughs> the Transvagarian Highway, which is something that Ceausescu built. They used it on a Top Gear shoot many years ago. And Ceausescu built this incredible road, I'm going off on a tangent here, but they built this incredible road through Transylvania, which was basically an escape route in case Romania got got invaded. And loads of people died making it, but it left this incredible driving road, and we did a Lamborghini event there about three years ago. And the standard Hurricane was always a bit disappointing, it was more a poser's car than a driver's car. Then they did the Performante, which was the car the engineers always wanted to build, and then with the new Evo, which I've driven the Coupe, but not the, the Spider version of, they basically said, okay, the base model is not far off the Performante now, and this is Canada Hurricane that we always wanted. And what I love about it is it's naturally aspirated. Yeah. The naturally aspirated V10, the thing that's always let the McLarens down, is just the engine isn't as, isn't as exciting. It's it because- doesn't
0: have the sound. You're right. The sound is missing. And look, naturally aspirated is not dead. This vehicle is almost 640 horsepower and zero to 60 in two and a half seconds maybe even less than that maybe two four i'm not sure if you guys got a chance to to put it on your test track but that's batshit crazy fast and it sounds fantastic
1: we have a film coming out in the in the not too distant future unfortunately it kind of got postponed a little bit with, with everything that's going on But yeah, it sounds fabulous. It doesn't have the torque of a turbo, but, you know, actually just the joy of revving that thing and the noise. I mean, the Corvette's the last naturally aspirated V8 mid-engined. This is the last naturally aspirated V10 mid-engined. And, you know, I'd almost buy it for the the noise alone. The only thing I find, the Spyder, I don't know, you probably felt cramped in the Spyder. I I can barely think of it. I mean, there's something to do with the packaging where they put the roof together that, I can I can barely drive it. I'm six four. I can barely drive the spider, but the coupe's okay.
0: I I agree with you on that. That the the two pet peeves for me on that car was I I really had a hard time getting comfortable in the car. I just couldn't get the seat where I wanted it to get. I couldn't either like lean it back enough or it was too far forward. And and you're right. I don't know how a a a much taller person makes that happen. And then the other thing for the life of me I couldn't figure out how to do is how do you change the volume on the stereo without having to bring up the one screen and then the second screen there is, and you realize especially with the top down, how many times you turn the volume up and down, you know, you're going fast, you're going slow, you know, the tops up, tops down, like you're, you're at a stoplight, like just all these constantly little tweaks of the volume. You can't do it in that car. And it's
1: like a proper Italian supercar in that. Yeah. Nothing quite. It's not terribly comfortable. The ergonomics are rubbish. But I don't know, that's kind of part of it. the other thing, didn't you notice like how you started where you have to hold the key in like a ridiculous place somewhere around the steering binnacle? Oh, I no, I didn't have that issue. I, I, if you've you know, that, just you've threw like, it. to open and then you're like let's say around you sit in the car for a little while and it's not um you don't start it in time, then you're gonna kind of reignite the, the 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 electronics. Then you kind of have to hold the key against I forget, I think it's somewhere on the steering column. Somebody had to show me how to uh, restart it. I was driving on our test track and I was just sitting there, not quite sure what was going, <laughs> what was going on. But it's a, it's a very cool thing. I just wonder with Lamborghinis, there's only something about the image of a Lambo, particularly the more recent ones, you know, the Murcielago. And, and. Yeah, and, but... yeah. Let me ask you this are,
0: are, Is oh. Lamborghini selling more Harkons than Audi
1: is selling R8s? I don't know. I would be surprised, just because of the price point, our R8s our, our are that much more accessible. And R8, I think, R8, our, our I think is a fantastic car. It uh, is a fantastic car, but I feel like
0: maybe it's just this town, but I see more Lamborghinis than I do R8s. I think it's this town. It's got to be this town,
1: right? <laughs> I, just feel, I don't know. There's something about a Lambo where it's just so extrovert. And so it's a bit nouveau, isn't it? And I just find it, I, I, I do feel a little bit self-conscious in one.
0: Look, I, Right now, because of, of you know, coronavirus and things that's going on and everybody being locked down, the air couldn't be any clearer in L.A. than it is right now. It probably hasn't been this good in, I don't know, 50 years.
1: <laughs> it's something I mean, ridiculous. huh? I, I know it's all our fault for talking up all these cars. And if Bill was here, you know, it's definitely Bill's fault with all the work where he drives. <laughs> it. It, it's yeah yeah like i can i can i can from where i live i can i can see all around the coastlines and you know see stuff that you didn't even know existed well I, what i'm saying is, is what a better
0: there's not a better weekend ever in doing this 10 years of doing carcaster it hasn't been a better weekend to grab a convertible lamborghini and just fire on up the pch to the coast of ventura and oxnard just 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 shoot on up the coast with the top down. Cause it's just, a, just enough sunlight, but enough cloud cover to not feel like you're getting skin cancer on the way. And then, uh, and then shoot on back down and, and just, just a great drive, but all you can go is point a to point a, right? Like you just, leave your home, and then you go home. You don't stop. You don't stop at Neptune's Nest. You don't get fish and chips or stop for a burger.
1: Like you don't get to do any of that. You don't want to get gas, no.
0: No, you don't even want to get gas. Not without like That's you know, the rubbing alcohol
1: and, and paper towels. And, That's why you need an electric car, like you can then plug in at home.
0: Yeah, plug in at home. All right. Well, anyway, um, how do you think this car – is going to pair up with uh, with a Porsche this this new nine eleven turbo s like we love the new nine eleven the, the 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 weird razor electric razor looking shifter i know has, has some comments and stuff on it, especially <laughs> when it came out um, but uh, as much as we love the Gt cars uh, you know the ultimate practical Porsche you know uh, is the turbo s and I think they outsell the turbo the turbo s is just more for your money, even though you're at 200 plus thousand bucks.
1: That's true. And Porsche hasn't actually shown us the turbo, the non turbo S, yet. Um, and I, I was chatting to them about it. And the reality is that the turbo S is 205, the car I've driven was 215. And at that price point, even if the turbo is like 20K less, the guy who can afford the guy or girl who can afford a $180,000. Porsche Turbo, is probably gonna just say, I'll get the S anyway. Because also by the time you spec the turbo up, it pretty much costs the same as the S. So you end up you end up. And the reality is is
0: like what does it do to your lease payment? Are you talking, you know, an extra hundred bucks a month when you're already out probably fifteen, sixteen, eighteen hundred a month? Like the rest of
1: that, I think uh porsche was telling me that the they've calculated that the the average annual income of a 911 not not the turbo the just the normal 911 buyer is now like the household income is over seven hundred fifty thousand dollars a year
0: all right so we're out
1: so we're out (laughs) um and then but then the turbo is like you you're earning over 100 million over a million dollars a year it's uh these are these are serious cars and i i've always been a fan of the I think it wasn't until the 996 came along that the turbo was probably actually better than the standard car. And we're actually, I've driven the new Turbo S, uh, but we're actually, you know, on these embargoes we keep talking about, so we can't mm-hmm. talk about driving impressions till till the seventh, um, or it's the last car I get. And, <laughs> but it's, it's, I mean, it, it's not giving anything away to say that it's, it's another 911 turbo. And that if you, it is that kind of old cliche about being the everyday supercar, And if you want something that's loud and raucous and a really kind of visceral experience, buy a GT3. But if you want to have something you can live with every day, then the turbo is always going to be a a better choice. The only thing I would say is that, you know, now the Carrera S, which is also turbocharged, every current generation 911 at the moment is turbocharged. So, you know, the Carrera S has got well over 400 horsepower. So by the time you get into, you know, the Turbo S has got 640. So it's kind of a question of degree. You know how how much power and how fast need to go, but it's kind of like the ultimate iteration of the everyday 911.
0: It's it's interesting to think that the 911 Turbo S and the Lamborghini Huracan Evo, uh, both similar, I don't know, two and a half second zero to sixty range, both 640 or so uh, uh, horsepower, but wildly different cars. Just totally different. And
1: the nine eleven the turbo is something that you can throw, you know, you can get kids in the back, you got you got luggage space. I mean, that's the other thing about the Lambo that just drives me crazy. And a few years back I did a I did a series of the Sunday Times in the UK where I drove a different supercar to each to each race. Uh I did it was racing a K Caterham in Europe at the time and I can't I can't believe they ever sell I managed to sell this story. But it was like, I'll take a different supercar to every racetrack and they went, Okay. I don't
0: know. It was
1: crazy. But um so what what are we going to see in in
0: about a week from now? You're going to have some information out on on the Turbo S. Uh, are we going to get like your your track test results or just first impressions or how much information? What can we look forward to in a, in a week from now?
1: Well, unfortunately, our um, our track is currently closed, uh, as is every uh, as is everything else. So what you have... so the performance
0: data is from the manufacturer, the and then data. the rest is from
1: you guys exactly. And we're not able to weren't able to do a full shoot with it because you know we're we're we're, we're on our own. We're doing we're, we're we're following the the rules. So basically, what you've got is me me going up, uh, me driving it, talking to camera. We've then got uh, B-roll from my factory at various different angles. So it's still going to be like a ten-minute plus film. You're still going to learn all about the car, and we're launching that on the seventh of April at three p.m. Pacific time. Oh, very think, specific. 3.01. one. <laughs> very all right,
0: very specific. All right, thank you for that. Um, but it's good. I I want to I want to uh, shift gears a little bit here and talk uh, a little bit about. You know, we we don't want to make these sh- these shows all sort of doom and gloom. I I, I we kind of want the show to be sort of a break from from all of that. Uh, but there is a bit of reality going on with with COVID nineteen, all the coronavirus stuff. Sure. Um, and you guys have been on top of this for, for a while now um, offering up some information. So what, what advice can you give to car owners, people shopping for cars, leasees? like what, what's going on with the car companies? Are they trying to help? What are banks doing? You know, what if what should people where should they start? You know, If they're struggling with a payment or, or even looking to, to purchase a vehicle, there's, there's sort of several aspects of it. Um, but let's start with, if you currently own a car, if, you, if you're yeah. financing a car or leasing a car, um, you, what should we do?
1: You're right, Matt. I mean, this, the, we've actually done, a, I think it's like 10 separate articles now uh, that we've, po- we've posted. If you go to the edmunds.com homepage, you can actually access all the material from there. And, and you're quite right that it sort of splits into two. It's what do I do if I currently have a car that I need to do something with, like my lease is up. For example, there's over a million people um, within the, the short term in the US who are, who are uh, their lease is up. Uh, what happens there? And if we start, if we start with that, we've got a, a page on there which basically outlines all the options available to you. And to be honest, most of it is about contacting the um the manufacturer in question. I was nearly caught up in myself. I had to my wife's BMW I three went back and I just made it in. I was literally the last weekend when pretty much the BMW dealership was was open and there was there was me and fifty fifty people in the in the store and, and, and they were all staffed. So I, I just made it through and we went through the car with gloves on and everything else. And it's a difficult situation because a lot of OEMs will allow you to extend your lease. But you've got to be a little bit careful with that. Because in California, for example, that means you have to register the car and it's not prorated, so you have to pay for a whole New Year's registration. So only if you're going to keep it for a couple of months, you're still going to get charged for the whole year. So really, you need to talk to the manufacturer and, to the, and bear in mind, your vehicle will be owned by the leasing company. So in my case, it's owned by BMW Finance, not the dealership. So you need to talk to the, to the people who actually own the vehicle, which is generally the, either a bank or the finance arm of the, of the manufacturer. And then, and then find out your options from there. And it will differ a little bit from, from manufacturer to manufacturer. You know, there are some manufacturers offering opportunities for you to trade, to hand your lease over, where they'll actually come and pick the car up. But what you're then into the difficulty of is, is normally when you hand the lease over, they'll you'll go and do an inspection. And then, you know, in my BMW's case, I did a pre-inspection. There was a couple of issues which I managed to get sorted out, like through a, through a valet service, and then, uh, but if they come and take your car away, then you're going to be into the conversation of whether they're going to charge you for scratches or you know dings to the alloys and that sort of thing. The, the usual stuff that happens when you own a mm-hmm. car. So it is a little bit case by case. But there's a hell of a lot of people. I say there's well over a million people going to be faced with this this conundrum of what to do if you're if you're sitting on a lease. Other things to bear in mind: if you're extending your lease, you've got to make sure you extend your miles as well. Uh, you know, but then again, we're not really using our cars, so you're probably not doing too many miles at the moment. So that's, that's one side of it. A a lot of dealerships, I mean, not all dealerships are closed. Uh, you know, there are still a lot of open across the U S and then, you know, and a lot are open, even if the sales departments aren't open, then they're open for, for servicing and that sort of thing. The other way to do it is to, is to look at how much you can do online. And, you know, without giving a massive plug to Edmunds, the one advantage that a site like ours has is that you can do all your research online. You can look at inventory online, see what's available. We have something called the Edmunds deal, which basically gives you a fair price for the car and also allows you to then process a lot of the paperwork you'd otherwise do at the dealership. So basically, almost a bit like Amazon does, it allows you to kind of short circuit the whole process and, and, and make it a lot more online, a lot more digital, a lot more um, approachable. And then a lot of dealerships will now deliver a car to you. So what I would say is, you know, use the, sounds like I'm giving you a plug, but actually this is an example of where, where Edmunds can help you go in, do your research online, you know, look at inventory, work through the, you can do an appraisal online. Edmunds allow you to do that. For example, you can do most of this from your living room. And that means that you're not having to go to dealerships and sit there for five hours you know, arguing about the cost of everything and, and your trading values and all the rest of it. So what I would say is use the technology. Yeah, what, serious what there is on this show, but yeah, where, where you
0: get jammed up is, is if you're undecided on a vehicle, the test drives and things like that are, are sort of non-existent right now, but you can do the research and ultimately buy
1: a car online. Test drives are the tricky bit. Uh, I mean, only Tesla currently allows you to buy a car and then return it if a new car, and then return it if you're not happy. Um, so, yeah, the test the test drive is the is the tricky one. You know, you can obviously take precautions, wear gloves, wipe the car down, that sort of thing. Yeah, you know, we actually if, have-
0: if you can even go to a dealer and and drive it, like dealer. somebody has
1: to be there. Exactly. And we actually have a, an article on our, on our side as well about how to protect your car from, from the virus. So actually, how to clean a car down without damaging things, you know, what, what solvents to use and that sort of thing without damaging your interior. Um, and that's quite an interesting read. So so yeah, how you manage the test drive is undeniably a tricky bit at the moment. But we've got some advice if you do want to go through a test drive, how you can protect yourself through that that process as well. Then there's two other things. One is, We also have advice on what happens if you're effectively hibernating a car. I mean, most of us are driving small distances if you go out to grocery store or things like that. But you know, particularly if you've got a toy or something like that, as a lot of lot of our listeners may well have, you know, we have some advice on on how to hibernate your car. You know, little things how to avoid flat spots on the tires, Um, little things like top up your gas tank because it actually helps if your gas tank's full with evaporation and things like that. You know, how to condition your battery. Just, just basic stuff and uh, people who hibernate, you know, California, we don't hibernate cars for the winter, but in other parts of the U S do. I certainly used to in the UK. So that, that's a good read. If you're, if you're worried about not exercising your car enough. And then the other thing is, as you're correct, rightly say is, you know, is, is just then what, what, what happens next in terms of, you know, buying cars in the, in the future.
0: Yeah. So, uh when you were talking about getting out of a car that you currently have, if you're looking to sell a car or you have a lease return, uh, there's definitely obstacles. Is anybody even at the dealer to accept your lease return? Uh, How do you go about doing that? But you know, if you're, if you're jammed up financially, it's unlikely you're going to, there's no free money in any of these deals. So don't, really think that's going to be happening. Now, there could be deferment of payment. They could say, hey, we can freeze this for six months, but it doesn't mean you don't pay for six months. It means you, you, that six months gets tagged on later, right? So those payments still add up. Uh, so you got to be careful about how that's being sold to you in in the marketing materials, basically, or what the bank is telling you.
1: That's right. It's a it's a it's a holiday from payment, but you'll still you still owe the money. Yeah, what we're effectively doing is then extending extending the vehicle. So yeah, you do have to keep it. It's also and moving on, I suppose to to some of the deals that are available. It's it's it's, it's a difficult time, and OEMs still. I mean, I think we've all heard that a lot of the the plants are shut. Well, pretty much all the plants are shut across the U.S. But manufacturers still have a lot of stock. And you know they still need to clear that stock. There's still quite a lot of 2019 models available. Never mind 2020s. So there are deals on the table. And you know FCA, which is Dodge and Jeep, they came out today with zero percent finance. I think for up to 80 months. And actually, for the first time, from our analysts revealing today the average car loan, for the first time in history, is now over 70 months. Oh wow!
0: And,
1: and, and with, everything's it, expensive now. Everything's expensive. Everything's <laughs> I mean, historically, it's actually not that big a leap because historically it's been in the late, high 60s for a while, but it's still a psychological barrier. And we, we're running a piece uh, uh, on the site at the moment about the pros and cons of, ex, of having a lease over that kind of time period. Because what you tend to do, if you've got a 72-month, uh, you know, 80-month, whatever it may, may be, sometimes longer, not calling a lease, sorry, a loan. We're talking about loans here, not leases if you have a loan over that period, most people actually tend to get bored of their cars and want to chop them in before 72 months or something like that. So then what happens? Then you end up either having to pay a car off or you have to trade your loan against the new vehicle. So we hopefully you're
0: coming out ahead. Hopefully you're not underwater
1: and hopefully you're not underwater. Of course, initially you will be underwater because the way depreciation works and Ron Montoya, who's our consumer, uh, consumer advice specialist. He he's written a great piece about, about that. Um, about how you manage that that process and that it, you know if it's zero percent it sounds very attractive but you know there, there does come a point where you're better off leasing two vehicles than taking out a loan for seven years is is now a good
0: time to buy a vehicle now are the incentives worth it or is it too risky still
1: I don't think it's risky in as much that, you know, if you if you've got the the money available to you and you can, you know, it, you know then then by all means get on with it. It I think there are some really good deals available. You know, the tricky thing as we all know with this is we're not sure when, you know, when the when we pop out the other side of all this and the world returns to normal. It's quite clear that there will be great deals to be had for a significant period of time because, you know, everybody'll be wanting to clear stock, the factories will be starting, the plants will be starting up again. Um, you know, interest rates are coming down if anything. So, you know, there will be good deals available, but I wouldn't say to people like, don't buy a car. You know, if you have the, you have the money and you have the opportunity, then, you know, you say that that there are some deals to be had.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, you guys also, uh, recently picked up, I think we touched on this last time, uh, you were in studio, uh, you guys were, uh, you got the call for your, your, your new Tesla. was, I don't know, somehow super early? Yeah, this <laughs> when was... Were you, when were you supposed to get it?
1: Well, well this is kind of a whole string about the, the virus and everything else because in the middle of all this, we've had a, a, a new Tesla delivered and, and that experience, I can talk about it, that experience in itself was, was was interesting. So we put, I went to the launch event that was at SpaceX just over a year ago, and we decided to put our name down for one that night. And because Edmonds has bought every Tesla thus far, we are kind of like a, we're always pretty much at the front of the queue because you get prioritized if you're like a super loyal customer. And this is the Model Y, right? This is the Model Y. So this this is is
0: the three, but stretched SUV-ish a little bit. Like it's just more bubbly. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah so you take taking model three and and kind of you know put a magnet on the roof and and pull it up a bit yeah uh, okay so we we put our name down then and we were expecting to get it probably this fall and then suddenly tesla announced that they were the cars were available and here we go so we initially got told it was going to be there sometime in march and then last weekend i think we got the call on thursday basically saying your car's here you have got two days to pick it up, or we're giving it, selling it to somebody else, something like that. Anyway, so then we went through the okay. Well, how do we actually get this vehicle? And so Tesla did a home delivery uh, to roll, run on my team. And okay, that's good. Yeah, it was good. They had a and and it's supposed to be a touch touch free delivery, so you you never have to, you know, get within six feet of somebody. I'm no. going to laugh if the guy just hugged your guy right when he showing up. Hey, give him a big hug. Your Tesla's here. <laughs> virtual hug. Um, so the guy turns up, and but we actually had a vehicle to trade against it. We actually traded an XC60 Volvo against it. So that kind of compromised the whole touch-free thing because the guy had to look around the Volvo and then he turned to, to they kind of did an appraisal online, but then they wanted to, to cross-reference that and then he had to show us where to sign. So he kind of did get within you know, the famous six feet to do that. So it wasn't quite touch-free, um, but it was there were a handful of things that could have been improved, like we could have done some of those things more remotely, but still, as a process, it was okay. And we ended up with our new Model Y, which we then kind of, First thing we did was wipe it down and you know, clean the whole house and before before we drove it, and we've uh, we went off and, and did a video uh, on it in the last couple of days, which again we've done done remotely and, and solo, but that will be coming out in the in the very near future next week. So excited about that, and we this time we went at the moment the Model Y, and probably for the rest of this year the Model Y, you can only buy it, you can't lease it. And you can only get one of the higher, uh, higher trim versions. So this is actually a performance with the performance pack, with the lowered suspension and the bigger alloys and and everything else on it. So it's the dual engine. Sorry, excuse me. It's the dual engine rocket ship. I haven't driven it yet. I've seen it, but I haven't driven it yet. What's the uh, What's the price of of a Model Y? So at the moment, they're all they're all the um, they're all the posh ones. So ours. Ours comes in at sixty two nine nine zero plus tax, but that's including two thousand dollar paint job um, and the performance pack if you go back to the to the basic uh to the basic long range which is the cheapest one available at the moment that's fifty four that's fifty five thousand in round figures so it's it's still pretty it, you know it's not a cheap vehicle, but in a year 's time they'll bring out their the the cheaper versions and we're expecting overall it to be priced probably like you know, three or four thousand, maybe a little bit more above the Model Y, because the interior is the same as the Model Y. But because it's an SUV, they basically change the seating position to give you more room, and there's more trunk space. And next year they're going to introduce a seven-seater version. But believe me, I've seen the seven, six, and seven seats, and and they are kind of you know, my ten-month-old daughter would um, would complain about the legroom. So, <laughs> so the the Model Y and the Model Three are
0: the basic structure is supposed to be the same platform as well. The, the, the drive train, the,
1: it's all it's, it's, is suspension. It, ultimately is going to be, is, is yeah. Yeah, the basic. It's like the skateboard chassis, isn't it? That Tesla has. So it's, so all of that is, is consistent, but obviously the, the suspension setup and everything else will be retuned for the, for the Y just because the center of gravity will be higher. The, the mass is different, that kind of thing. So, you know, the basic principles are the same, but it, but it will be, it will be retuned. And, actually when the when the cheaper models become available I would expect this to be Tesla's biggest selling vehicle and to overtake the three just because everybody loves an SUV and it gives you more practicality for for not a lot more money particularly if you lose one
0: in in your video that you guys are going to produce is is it Supposed to be about the Model Y specifically, or is there a Model Y versus Model Three comparison that you guys are doing? Because I am just trying to figure out what information you can tell us
1: this versus what all our trade secrets. <laughs> um, no, I mean it, it's an obvious thing to do. I mean, obviously, we're making reference to the Model Three because we, you know, we've we've owned and run one for a long time. We've had two of them now. <clears throat> um, the other one, of course, which is the is the dead-on rival is the is the Mackie, the Ford. Uh, yeah, which could, could
0: be delayed right like i
1: don't we, know if well, like, making
0: them they're making m- masks or ventilators now so
1: yeah i mean they weren't in production with the mackie but of course it depends how much testing you know that the i mean i've i've shot a tv documentary on the when the focus rs was was made and you know developing a car is a team sport and if you're not able to go out testing as a team and everything else then it's likely to be delayed i don't know for sure but you know they won't be able to work as they would have been on on that vehicle at the moment. But when you compare the spec of the Mackie with the Model Y, you know they are super similar. I went up to Detroit last December and had a good look at the Mackie, and that film stills on still on the Edmunds YouTube channel. Uh And you know now we have a Model Y, so you know we will be doing some comparison stuff between the two. I actually asked Ford for a Mackie, uh, a static car to compare with our Model Y. Yeah, and they kind of said, "Wait for the production version." So. But yeah, same
0: one. You know, I, we went to the to the launch of the Mach E um, and everything that we've seen so far. And of course, you had a much more of an insider look, like you were talking about in the video that you put up. Um, I, I'm I like it. I'm interested in what it is. Again, it, it doesn't matter to me if it's called a Mustang or not. But as an electric, a sporty SUV, uh, I think it I think it looks good. I think it has some potential. We'll we'll see if they got the bugs worked out if it's going to take a year or two to do some of that but um it'll be interesting to see if uh if they start to get the market share that they hope to get with that i think it has some potential
1: it has and i think the whole you know when you look at that market volkswagen's coming out with the id4 which will be similar Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, there's not a, at, at that kind of price point. There's not an awful lot out there. Things like the iPace is more expensive, the eTrons more expensive. So you know, there's thinking like there's an electric Porsche Macan coming, but that's still at least a couple of years away. So you know, there's not a, not not a lot Not a lot. I can't speak. There's not <laughs> awful lot else out there, um, and not everybody wants a Tesla because you know there's certain things associated with Tesla as a brand and experience that that you know people people don't like and you know we see a lot of teslas here in california but they are concentrated on you know certain geographical regions
0: yeah okay and then you guys are we, we were talking about this a little bit earlier you guys are putting together sort of a best and worst list is this a best and worst of all time are we going to see the the glorious pontiac aztec on that list or is this
1: yeah the aztec doesn't make it yeah we... <laughs> we were just looking around like we are. I mean, we're, you know, we're doing this over, over zoom and we, we were, we're all sat here in our, in our homes and we're just trying to give people a bit of escapism. So we just came up with this idea of like, okay, what are the best and worst cars we've we've ever driven? And we got together on a zoom call and, and then recorded the whole thing, sent it to the editors. They're patching in all the shots of the cars and everything else. So, you know, we're 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 gonna do a little uh, a little thing on what what we think are the best cars we've ever driven and and what are the worst. And, but
0: this is of all time. This isn't like the last five years.
1: No, this is stuff that we individually have have driven. But bear in mind, I've been in this game probably longer than I would like to admit. I've driven quite quite a few things. <laughs> uh, yeah, but
0: I know the cars that you like. So when we get into things like Morgan and and. Uh, and I don't know what you raced. at spot, a little tiny. I don't know if it was like a Fiat Five Hundred or something. <laughs>
1: uh, well, no, that doesn't make the list. But maybe, <laughs> maybe the Caterham that I raced there does. Yeah, the Caterham. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> without giving too much away. I've got a Caterham Seven on there, which I raced for years and absolutely loved. Just for the purity. That for anybody who doesn't know, that was based on the old Lotus Seven. So it weighs it weighs a thousand pounds. Uh, it's got 140 horsepower, but it only weighs a thousand pounds. No ABS, no stability, nothing, just the absolute purity of driving. I love those things. Uh, Ferrari 250 GT. Oh yeah. That's a short wheelbase. Beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing, but I don't know what you're, impulse. but
0: now you're making it emotional, right? Now, what's the best thing you've driven? You can say Ferrari 250 GT because of what that car is and what that car symbolizes and even its value. But if you, rate it based on comfort
1: <laughs> oh yeah there's not a lot of object objectivity yeah. <laughs> yeah. actually there is one there is one in my list of three which uh is is quite objective and that's the kia telluride because everybody else is saying oh you yeah, know they despite bizarini or, <laughs> or whatever but actually i still i wanted a choice which i just think a, a manufacturer's knocked it out of the park with and and the tellurides in there so my list without giving the entire game away is ferrari 250 short wheelbase Ktrum 7, and Kia Telluride, just because I wanted something that was more more real. So it's not super objective, apart from the Kia. Just objectively, the Ktrum's not a great car either. But we just wanted the stuff that we've driven that is just the most, the most memorable.
0: Yeah, I don't know if it should be a best and worst list versus a favorite and non-favorite list, because it seems <laughs> awfully about you guys. But I like that. I, it's interesting you mentioned the Kia because... I just keep hearing more and more good things about it. I've seen it in person. I haven't uh, driven it, but. You will, uh,
1: for hours, anytime. We have one on our long term fleet maps. So oh, here.
0: that's right. You guys do. Yeah, I, I should do that. I want to do that. I go for a ride in that
1: thing, take that thing out. It's big, though, right? It's like Ford Explorer size. Yeah, it's a huge it's thing. It's like three row. And they're still selling them for more than MSRP. It's crazy. The thing's been out over a year. They're still selling them for more than ever. So, and this is a key. I mean, it's, I, I hey, asking, don't even get me started on that. That'll just, I, know, I know, on yeah. my top <laughs> I bring this up every, every time I'm on, just to, just to wind you up a little bit. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, it's a great, it's a great thing. And it, so, so yeah, that, that, that makes the list. And and then the worst things are, are quite entertaining. So, the whole thing's tongue in cheek. And to be honest at the moment, a bit like you were saying, this show's all about giving, you know, trying to, Give people a bit of a bit of light relief and a bit of escapism, and we're trying to do the same thing with that. So, you know, the, the worst cars also is is deliberately a bit tongue in cheek, and and everyone. The thing is, when you do my job, what
0: were some of your worst? You gave us your 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 three favorite. Gra- grab uh, a couple of your your worst, not, not
1: the rest of the crew. So my worst, there's something. Is it the a- same
0: three that are your favorite.
1: <laughs> it's called a two whiz, which. So it was the first electric car, so basically, it was the biggest electric car in the UK for a long time, but it was actually a quadricycle made in India, and he kept winning all these awards for green car of the year, just because everybody, all these like, and their tree huggers would say, oh, this is the future. Well, this, the future was basically something that was fundamentally unsafe. It was an Indian quadricycle that didn't meet any of the legislative requirements for a car. It had a range of 50 miles, lead out of acid batteries. I've never felt more unsafe on the road. So that what was, was it called? It was called a Wiz. Uh, wow. it's just, just abysmal, and all these celebrities—the classic thing—all the celebrities in London bought one because they could park for free in the in the centre of town. It was it was crazy, but the other one was um, the then the other one was. Uh, and I'm sorry because I know this will offend an awful lot of people listening. Chevy Monte Carlo hire car.
0: <laughs>
1: I, I used to love coming over here and you know renting something I couldn't get back home. Yeah, but this thing was just—it was the worst. That worst period of GM where. There was you know, it looked at first glance it looked okay but it looked a bit closer. Interior is awful, full on you know, full on velour. It was just it was just a terrible car. And then my my third one is contemporary and, and won't please certain people, but Alpha Four C because I just I had such expectations for that car. Yeah. Love the Lotus Elise and the the premise of the four C is very similar. You know, it had it, on paper, it's got everything, and it's just less than the sum of its parts, and it's just not the car it could have been. I love the way it looks. I love what it stands for. I love what it should be, but it's just not well executed. I
0: I don't disagree with you on that one. I wanted the four C to be much more than it was, but it's it's loud. It's incredibly uncomfortable. It shouldn't really be a street car. Uh, it's potentially a a decent track car, but I, I just, I just think the competition, you know, like from Lotus and some other manufacturers, uh, outpace it, literally outpace it, the 4C, um, it's got a little bit of style and stuff to it and you can make it sound pretty good, but, uh, I, I drove it around here and just, even just going in a straight line on the 405, it just, it just kicks the shit out of you.
1: It's basically, and it's twice as much money as if it was thirty thousand dollars. You might think actually this this you know this is okay as as a as a toy, but at twice that or something, I it's just no. It just doesn't it, it just doesn't stack up for me. And so, you know, the whole the whole thing was was it, the the film's going to that you know we're just in the in the edit at the moment of it. It's supposed to be a bit of fun. There's myself, Carlos Largo, Mark Takash, Alana share joins us as well. Um, she restricted herself to the last five years because other, otherwise everything would have been an obscure 1970s muscle car.
0: Yeah, of course um, it was. She would like, uh, the worst and the best car were both a drag race vehicle that, <laughs> exactly. that I drove with Don the Snake Perdome one day. Yeah. <laughs> a, going a lunch with him. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's fantastic. Uh, uh, well, looking forward to that, of course, everything's at edmunds.com. You guys go to edmunds.com. You can see the COVID-19 banner that they have there. And you can find all of the articles um uh, buying, selling, leasing, cleaning your car and, and what you should do. Check that out. And of course, all the news stuff is at
1: com slash road noise. Yeah, I guess, Matt, what, what I would say at the moment is we, we our strategy is kind of split between, you know, trying to keep everybody entertained of all the new stuff coming out and, and a bit of reflective stuff, a bit of escapism, and then really solid practical advice on, on how to deal with the, you know, the crisis that, that, that's hitting us all.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what you can do. You can visit your local Dodge dealer. Well, you can call your local, Dodge. you can eat, you can email <laughs> your local Dodge dealer and they will bring you performance technology and great deals. They'll probably bring it right to your door. There's never been a better time now. Well, because, uh, they're offering their power dollars. You guys know about this with power dollars, you get $10 off for each horsepower of your new car. So every 2019 Dodge charger, every challenger, Everything they got. That means you can pull away in a 2019 Dodge Charger RT Scat Pack with 485 horsepower and receive an almost $5,000 cash allowance. So if you get more power, you get more off. It's that simple. So uh, shoot an email over to your local Dodge dealer today and take advantage of Dodge Power Dollars.
1: On 0% finance, I think, now.
0: Yeah, and 0% financing. Oh, if you can get the cash back in the 0% finance, this actually sounds like a pretty... It's kind of a win-win right
1: now. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, will be, Bill will be reaching for his checkbook.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that's where he is right now. He's going to get himself another red eye. But uh, I guess if you were in the market for shopping for one of those, now's the time to do it. Um, uh, well, thanks for uh, checking, with, checking in with us, checking in with us from home. Looking forward to, uh, to the good stuff. Um, definitely the Porsche stuff that's coming out uh, April 7th.
1: Yeah, I mean next week, just to give you a preview, next week, April the seventh, we'll be launching the Porsche stuff. Um, and then uh we'll also have the Model Y, uh, the Model Y to test out, out there next week as well. So it's uh you know, there's there's a lot happening. Uh, our whole team's working, we've got twenty nine people on the editorial team, everybody's working super hard to to do what we can in this environment. We're all sort of held up at home, but we're still producing some great content. So hopefully we'll keep people entertained and keep them informed as well.
0: Awesome, man. Thank you so much. We're going to wrap things up. Uh, so we're going to let you go. Um, but, uh, we'll chat with you again soon.
1: Thank you very much. All right, guys. Media plugs. Oh, say that again. You do the shameless social media plugs.
0: Yeah. We're going to do some of those. We'll do some of those. Oh, somebody outside is riding around on the motorcycle. Uh, guys, I've always, you can follow me at motorator. I'm going to post up, uh, all kinds of photos, the Lamborghini, all kinds of fun stuff. And of course we're at car show. And, uh, And uh, you can follow uh, Alistair. You can go to Edmonds.com, Alistair Weaver on Twitter, and Weavometer on Instagram. I'm just going by memory now. Right on. There you go. And uh, once again, uh, Edmonds.com slash Road Noise. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. And until next time, keep the air and spare in the bag and the wheel. Hey guys, thanks for listening to CarCast and, uh, and uh, thanks for our friends at Geico. Uh, you know, you can, uh, you can bundle your home and auto policies, whether you rent or own, it doesn't matter. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's assurance along with your auto policy because you already have so much to do around your home already. This is super easy. Just go to geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. Visit geico.com, super easy. Again, that's geico.com.